Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Hey man, it is a, it is a very exciting time in the history of our church. I was talking to a friend of mine on Friday night and uh, on Thursday night, and we were talking about just how quickly things have happened in our church with regards to, um, if you just looked at, and there's no reason to compare, it's usually not healthy to compare, but if you just look at what God is doing here, it's very special. There are places you can go and um, you can you can go to church and you can have fun, but then then there's then there's places that are almost like an oasis, an oasis of love, an, o- an oasis of compassion, an oasis of His presence, uh, where you can come in and and be healed. Who here has just benefited from New Heights Church at some point in your life? You know what I'm talking about. It, it's a it's a beautiful benefit. So as we Get ready today to give towards growth. I wanted to share from the book of Second Samuel some some uh, a story about David and one of the things that he did. As we've been preparing the last several weeks, we've talked about several things. One is the power of a seed. The most powerful thing you'll ever come in contact with is a seed, and a seed produces fruit after its kind. What that means is simple. You don't plant oranges and grow apples. You don't plant corn and grow turnips. So when God wanted a family, he had to sow family. That's why the son of God, see, here's what happened. The son of God, the seed of heaven came to planet earth, lived sinless for 33 years. And the Bible says that they killed him. They thought they were killing him. But the truth is, the Bible says no man took his life, but he willingly laid it down. Then the Bible says they messed up. They put the seed of heaven in the ground. Because as soon as you take the seed of heaven and you put it in the ground, now all of a sudden you have activated the power of that seed. Every seed is only doing one of two things. It is either growing or it is waiting. It's growing because it has been placed in the right environment or it's waiting because it has not. The Bible says that when we sow, we understand that seed time and harvest will exist as long as the earth remains. In other words, there's a time to sow your seed. Then there is a space of time and then you come into harvest time. Somebody say harvest time. Most people like harvest time because it's really exciting. The problem is you can't affect your harvest when it's harvest time. All you can do is bring it in. The time to affect your harvest is when it's time to sow. So when you sow, the Bible says in the same measure that you sow, it will be measured back to you. Now that does not mean that if you sow one seed, you get one seed back. What that means is if you plant one row of corn, you can expect one row of corn to grow. If you plant a hundred acres of corn, come on somebody, you can expect a expect hundred acres to grow. But in the process of seed time and harvest, there's some real critical stages. In the beginning, you have to have the seed. So where do we get the seed? The Bible says God gives seed to the, to the sower. God doesn't waste stuff. So he's looking for people who will sow. 
And the minute that you identify yourself as a sower, now all of a sudden he says, you know what? There's somebody that I can trust to put that seed in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God on planet earth. And now all of a sudden you are identified and now you're a candidate to receive seed, to receive seed from heaven. Then the Bible says you sow your seed. Now here's the most important part. When your seed is sown, you can't see it doing its original work. This is when a lot of people get discouraged. They sow a seed and Monday morning, they still have to go to work. They sow a seed and Monday morning, their car's not paid off. So they sit there and they say, well, what's going on? Well, the reality is your seed does its most important work when you can't see it. A seed breaks out when it's, what breaks out when it's put in the earth. And before it ever grows up, it grows down. Because the most important thing for that seed to be able to do when the harvest comes in is to be able to sustain the harvest. Because if all it did was grow up, the first strong wind would just blow it over. But God knows how to bring the harvest in. He knows how to bring it into your house. He knows how to bring it into your business. He knows how to bring it into your family. But in that critical time, in its infancy, just like a a mother that gets pregnant, you know she's pregnant because of her mood swings. I'm just kidding. You know she's pregnant because of all the other ways. But the day the, the, the day she's pregnant, you can't tell it by how she looks. But then all of a sudden, some time goes by and, and things begin to change. But the day she knows she's pregnant, she walks different. The day she knows she's pregnant, she walks different. She doesn't wear her seatbelt in the same place anymore. When she's walking through a crowd, she's holding her stomach. Now, she's been pregnant or known she's pregnant for 32 and a half hours, but she starts talking about how she needs some maternity clothes. Because a mother is protecting what is growing on the inside of her. So when you sow your seed, you're going to have to protect it. What do I protect it from? Well, I protect it from doubt. Come on, somebody. Unbelief. Well, how do I water it? With the water of the word of the living God. And you start, you start believing and confessing God's word over it. And before you know it, you're acting like miracle grow, miracle grow over that seed. The other thing you got to understand is sometimes the opposite of faith is not doubt. Sometimes the opposite of faith is sight. We live by faith, not by Because when you sow a seed, you don't see anything different. It just looks like dirt. You run out there, you start looking, anything happened? No, anything happened? No, anything happened? No. Well, that just means enough time hadn't gone by. But as soon as time comes and has its fulfillment, the Bible says harvest time comes. And harvest time is the most exciting time, but harvest time is way more work than seed time. Many people say, well, I'm just believing God for a harvest and, and your job, your, your, your boss has offered you overtime six weeks in a row and you've turned it down. Because harvest time is more work than seed time. Let me show you how hard it is to plant a seed. Took me 0.3 seconds, put that seed in the ground, kick some dirt over it. Just one corn stalk might have 15 ears of corn on it. And before you could even, before you could even have one bite of corn, you got to get it off. You got to clean it up. You got to boil it. You got to grill it. Come on, somebody. I just felt something in my spirit when I said grill it. Take me back, dear Lord, to a county fair. Harvest time 
is way more work than seed time. But you can't affect your harvest during harvest time. All you can do is go out there and go, man, I wish I had planted more corn. Man, if I had known the rain was going to come, I really would have planted corn. If I had known this was such good ground, that's one of the things the Lord told me to do in 2020 is consider the ground. If you'd have known it was such good ground, you'd have sowed more. See, in seed time and harvest, those three areas are very important. But nothing I'm saying makes any sense at all if you don't understand kingdom, at least on some levels. In 2020, we're going to talk about kingdom probably the whole year. And I'll probably talk about kingdom until Jesus comes back. And the real reason is because that's all Jesus ever talked about. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. Yeah, but Jesus, how should we pray? Pray that his kingdom will come here. One of the first things he said when he walked in the temple is repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. His cousin told him, told everybody they knew, he said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. What's repent mean? It means to change how you think. You can't see the kingdom unless you're born again. Once you get born again, now you have the opportunity to see the kingdom. Once you see the kingdom, now all of a sudden you can actually see that what God's plan was, was not for us to get out of here and go to heaven. God's plan was for us to rule and reign right here. Now, all of a sudden, you start understanding the concept of walking in dominion and authority. And all of a sudden, you start wanting to stay on earth as long as possible instead of trying to get out of here like we're on some kind of a ransom. Because the minute you decide you want to stay, the devil wants you to leave. And the minute you say, oh, Jesus, take me out of here. Now, all of a sudden, the devil wants to hold you here. But as soon as you get a revelation on kingdom, now all of a sudden you start to recognize the Bible says that we are all kings and priests unto our God. Let me just tell you who's talking about it. But look to the left and the right. All those folks. Kings and priests. That makes a lot more sense when you hear things like this. Jesus is the king of. Who's the kings? So that sounds male. When you see, when you see man in the Bible, it's usually not referencing male. It's usually referencing humanity. The same way that you were, if you were on an African safari and you saw a lion, you wouldn't necessarily say, you wouldn't necessarily assume it was a boy or a girl if you said there's a lion. If you see a squirrel, you're not necessarily saying it's a boy or a girl. You're saying it's a squirrel. So whenever he says you're a king, what he's saying is male or female, you're royal. Kings and priests. The Bible says that priests set the vision and kings bring provision. That's why some of you have never felt settled on the inside unless you were doing something you felt like was bigger than yourself. Because you got too much king blood running through your veins. You say, well, wait a minute. I didn't know. I thought Jesus was the only king. He's not the only king. He's the king of kings. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that he sat on a white horse and his name was faithful and true and on his head were many crowns. He got the crowns because the Bible says the elders, that's you and me, we're going to take our crowns and we're going to throw them to him. Crowning him with many crowns. But if you don't understand kingdom, none of this makes sense because kingdom is very different than democracy. Democracy is what the people say is the law, but in a kingdom, what the king says is the law. So if the king says, I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out, the devil himself can't stop it. If he says, I'm the head and not the tail, he says, I'm I'm blessed in my coming in, blessed in my going out, 
If he says that everything I touch will prosper, the only thing that can stop that from happening is you. How's that? Unbelief. Kenneth Copeland turned 83 years old this week. Powerful man of God. Been pushing the envelope of faith for decades. And he's, he's very notable. I'll never forget the first time I heard him say this. He said, this, he said, that's what the word says. If you believe it, it'll work. If you don't, it won't. Well, I just don't think that's right. I don't know about just, you know, it shouldn't be all up to us. It's all up to you. Let me just ask you a question. Does anybody go to heaven if they don't believe on Jesus? Because it's up to us. It's all laid out in front of us. Whose report will you believe the Bible says? So for us, we put our faith involved in it. But if you don't understand kingdom, none of this makes sense. Because in a kingdom, a king is constantly in the mode of taking more ground. And when you find out you're a king, you're royal in this kingdom, you'll stop putting up with some of the stuff in your life you've been putting up with. I'm not talking about your coworker, by the way. I'm talking about some of that stuff that you've been, that somebody's told you, but it just didn't settle. Where they say, you're just a sinner. You're not just a sinner. The Bible says old things have passed away and all things have become new in your life. You're a new creature. You are a new creature in Christ. And when you get that revelation, you start walking like it. If he said, I'm a king, I'm gonna walk like a king. If he said, everywhere my foot steps, I'll own it. I'm gonna walk like I got the deed already. He said, well, it doesn't feel like that in my life. Let me just tell you how to change your feelings. You change your feelings with the word of God. If you, if you were in a situation and you were up to in, in debt up to your eyeballs, okay? You're in debt up to your eyeballs. You're living in, in, a, in an apartment. You can touch all four walls of the apartment, super tiny. You're, you're about to have your car repossessed and it's a 1962 Pinto. Come on, somebody. And, and you're trying to figure out what you're going to eat because all you got is ramen noodles with a side of ramen noodles and you're just struggling. You're on the struggle bus, okay? That's what's going Some of y'all are like, I like ramen. You're on a struggle bus and an attorney walks up to your house, knock, knock, knock. First thing you're going to do is ignore them because the world will tell you that attorney's coming to give you bad news. The attorney keeps knocking. Miss Smith, I need to talk to you. Miss Smith, I need to talk to you. Miss Smith, I need to talk to you. If you're, I'm just going to assume you're in there, Miss Smith. You don't have to answer the door. I just want to tell you something. I got some information for you. And the attorney opens up a folder and he says, you don't know him, but you have a relative. And that relative happened to have passed away some time ago. And because that relative passed away, they left you with an inheritance. All of a sudden you fly the door open. (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry. I was just, you know, washing my ears is that relative left you with an inheritance you got a you got a ranch up in wyoming 1500 acres with 400 head of cattle on it and three llamas you they they got a business that's successful matter of fact i have an account right here that as soon as the paperwork is finalized which will take us some time. I, it might take a week, might take a little bit longer, but as soon as the paperwork is, is, is finalized, a blessing's going to hit your account that your account, you're going to need a bigger account. Your account doesn't have room enough to receive it. Oh, well, well, well glory to God. 
Your phone's ringing in your pocket. Miss Smith's phone's ringing in her pocket. It's another debt collector. She says, could you hold one second? She says, hello. They said, we're just going to come get the car. Will you come get that hoopty? I'm about to buy a new one anyway. (laughs) How many of you know Mrs. Smith, though she has not fully received it yet, just the knowledge of the promise changes her dispensation. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise. Because our God has already written you a letter that says you're blessed coming in and blessed going out. That people are going to begin to pour into your bosom. That everything you touch is going to prosper. That you're going to walk in divine health. That you're going to see the hand of God move in your life. He's going to bring you a new business you didn't even deserve. He's going to bring you a business idea you didn't even deserve. He's going to take you and put you in important places. And the only thing you have to do is believe him in the process. How many of you know your feelings start to change pretty quick. Second Samuel chapter 24, verse number 18. Gad came that David, the day to David and said unto him, go up. So a prophet came to David and said, go up, rear an altar or build an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Arana the Jebusite. So he said, I want you to go build a place of worship. Almost like I want you to build a new church. Come on, somebody. And David, according to the saying of Gad or the prophet, went up and and did as the Lord commanded. And Arana looked. Now, this is the guy who has the threshing floor. A threshing floor is like a flat rock. Usually it was round and it's where they would thresh or they would separate wheat. They 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 would hit it and it would cause the, the, the pieces of wheat that are useful to come off of the whole stalk. And it was usually a flat surface. Sometimes it was round. If it was outside. Sometimes it was in a barn. Sometimes it was outside. And the Bible says, Arana looked and saw the king coming and all of his servants coming toward him. And Arana went out and bowed himself before the king on his face all the way on the ground. I just write this down real quickly because I don't have time to teach it. Honor. Honor will get you places that your intellect never will. Arana looked and saw the king coming and says, I, I see the king coming. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to show honor. The Bible says that he put his face on the ground and Arana said to him, he says, he said, wherefore, which is another word for why. He said, why, my Lord, the king, why are you coming to me? And David said unto him to buy the threshing floor of you to build an altar unto the Lord. He said, I'm here to build a new place of worship that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Arana said unto David, let my Lord, the King take and offer up what seems good unto him. Behold, here's some oxen you can burn for sacrifice, some threshing instruments and other instruments uh, of the oxen for wood. So there's all kinds of stuff. There's harnesses, there's everything you want right here. He said, he said, take everything. He said, all these things did Arana uh, to the King and he gave to the King. And he says, Arana said unto him, he said, and I hope the Lord accepts it. He said, you're coming to build a church. He said, let me tell you what I want to do. I want to be a part of that. He said, he said, here's some oxen. He said, here's some, here's some harnesses to, to drive the oxen over with. Here's, here's some tools for the threshing. If you want to put up, uh, if you want a different kind of, uh, uh, if you want a different kind of offering, he said, I got everything here. You take whatever you want. How many of you know that would be a blessing? If somebody just, you know, what? I'm going to just give you everything that you want. And the Bible said that he did that. And then he said, and I hope, I hope God accepts it. 
But then David said to Arana, he said, no, 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 no. He said, not this time. He said, I will surely buy it of you at a price. You know, it's one thing when God cancels your debt. It's a whole nother can of worms when he makes you so strong, you just pay it off without blinking. I've had both happen. I've had it happen where miraculously God just canceled, uh, uh, canceled debt off of me. I thank God for that. It's beautiful when it happens. But I've had other times that I, I don't know, I don't know which one I enjoy more. I hate to say it out loud. I like them both, but, but I like it a lot when God just blesses me so much that if I got a debt, I just go pay it off when I want to. At you, here's the money. Cause this is a complete, I'm talking about getting so far out of debt, you never smell debt. Some people are sitting there wanting God to cancel debt. When God's trying to bring new resources into your life, you can pay the thing off. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, Blessing, you don't have room enough to receive, so you got to go get rid of some of it. I'm talking about the blessing and favor of God hitting your life. So David, he says, he says, he says, well, he said, I really appreciate that. He said, but not this time. He said, I want to buy it at a price. Listen to this. Neither will I offer up burnt offerings unto the Lord my God that cost me nothing. I came here to build a house, he said. I came here to build a place of worship and I'm not carrying something that God didn't cost me something. You know, when we get together for times like this to seed into our new year and to give towards growth, for instance, our kingdom builders, some hit, uh, came in at 500, some thousands and thousands of dollars. Come on, somebody. And everybody is different because everybody's at a different place. So what, what helps you is not to look at what somebody else is doing. You find something that costs you something. When we first started praying, when Crystal and I first started praying, I said, yeah, we'll just, we'll, you know, maybe we'll just do this amount. And all of a sudden God was like, no, I want you to stretch. I was like, all right, I'll double it. He goes, I think you can stretch a little more. And I said, I absolutely want to do that, Lord. You tell me a bigger number, I'll do that too. He said, no, that's what I want you to do this time. Do that right there. I said, Lord, I'm not scared. He said, I know you're not scared. He said, what you're doing? He says, you're setting up your harvest though. And when it comes to building a place of worship, David said, I'm not building a place of worship with something that I didn't feel. Some of you may have come in here today with a number in your head and it was just a cute thing. And all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, which you've been hearing for a month, is now standing in the corner saying, but are you going to do what I really said? Because when it costs you something, now things begin to shift. Because it's different. Like if, if you gave me $100, and this happens all the time. People come give me money, and a lot of times I just hand it to somebody else. Here you go. Praise the Lord. Didn't cost me anything. I just... Here you go. Keep it moving. That's the way I see it. People give me gift cards. I'm like, here, give it to somebody else. Praise the Lord. It didn't cost me a thing. When it comes to building the house of God, when it comes to letting the Lord know at the end of the year how thankful I am that I'm still breathing this year, that I still see my children growing, that I'm still married to the same woman, That he's put me in houses I didn't deserve. 
that he's let me do. See, I never wanted to be an astronaut. This is what I want to do right here. I want to love people and point them to Christ with you. And when we get together and we give towards growth like this, it's not about your number. Listen, $50,000 to you might be nothing. You might not even feel it. Nobody's asking for the same level of giving. We're asking for the same level of sacrifice. What would you feel? My dad and I got together this weekend before here because we have several entities together. We said we want to sow again out of some different entities. People have come to me with tears in our eyes saying, thank you for the opportunity to do this. Why? Because your fingerprints are going to be on the foundation of this thing. In just a minute, we're going to have a container right here and Pastor Crystal and I are going to be right next to it. We're going to go section by section. We're all going to bring our gifts and we're going to put them in the container. Matter of fact, Gushers, you can go ahead and pass those cards out. But if, if, if you're here and you give online... I still want you to fill, go ahead and do it online. There's a place for giving towards growth online. But if, if you do give online, I want you to still fill out an envelope and come up here as a point of contact. The Bible says whatever we touch and agree on, we can have it. But the other reason I want you to do that, and write on the envelope, you know, gave online, if you do give online. The reason I, I want you to do this is, is a couple things, but one of the reasons is we're getting a capsule And all the envelopes from Giving Towards Growth 2019, as we seed into our 2020 vision, we're gonna put we're gonna bury them in the foundation of our new building. You're gonna drive by here 30 years from now, and there's gonna be a big beautiful building packed with people weeping with lines out the door. And you're gonna drive by, you might have you might have moved to Maine. I don't know why you would move to Maine. But you'll drive by with your grandkids and your great-grandkids and you'll say, my fingerprints are on that. Matter of fact, my name's on that. Matter of fact, my gift is right in the middle of that slab. See, a threshing floor was a slab. As we give towards growth, we're saying, God, I don't want to do something that I don't feel. I want to do something I feel. Maybe you came in here and, and you're a business person. You say, you know what? I got businesses. I don't want to just sow out of my family. I want to sow out of my business. Maybe you have a business this year because God blessed you since coming to New Heights Church. Maybe you can honestly say there's a lot of people like that at our church. There's that, That's why the Bible says that we're all partakers of the grace that's on the house or the ministry that we partner with, there is a massive anointing for entrepreneurship on this house. And if you want a business, I believe you can have it. Some of you may have a business that that started since coming to New Heights. You said, man, you know what? I I feel like I need to seed into it. Matter of fact, on Tuesday, when our kingdom builders were together, we were about to receive the offering. All of a sudden, the Lord stopped me and said this. Many of you may have Maybe the Lord is speaking to you something that's more than you can do today. I want you to sow your best today, but I want you to know we're going to have these envelopes available at least till the end of the year. So if God's talking to you about more than you can sow today, I want you to know you can still do that. Maybe it's, 
Maybe to you, 500 is like the biggest stretch. Maybe to you, 100,000, like it's just like a sneeze. Maybe it's something like that. So what if we blow past $250,000? We already have a plan. 250,000 is the lion and we'll kill the bear next. Come on, somebody. It's just the first one. We're about to do something that's going to change generations because we do this, listen to this, with a cathedral mindset. One of my best friends, Dr. Dave Martin, came in this week and he taught us about a cathedral mindset. Most of the cathedrals that you see like in old Europe, see, America's too young to really have many. But most of the cathedrals that you see in old Europe and different places like that, most of them took 200, 300, some of them 400 years to build. They asked one of the architects as he was getting late in his life and they barely finished the foundation. He said, he said, they said, you're not going to be able to see what you designed. You're not going to be able to see what you designed finished. And I love his answer. He said, it was never for me anyway. So when we give towards growth, it's a completely different thing. Because you're giving, not only will your friends and family come, but many people you don't know are going to come. And then one day when we're in heaven and we're all shouting, come on somebody, we're all singing, angels are flying by. Some of y'all just going to be swimming in the river of life. Some of y'all going to be skipping on gold streets. Some of y'all just going to be looking at your mansion talking about Jesus, you told the truth. Look at that. Oh, I even like that chandelier, Jesus. Oh, thank you for that. Somebody's going to knock on your door. Knock, knock, knock. Miss Smith, I just wanted to come introduce myself. My name's Pablo. Well, who are you, Pablo? Well, I came to New Heights Church in 2025. 2025, I had moved to Maine in 2023. Yeah, that's true. But you were one of the ones who made sure there was a flesh, a threshing floor to build a place of worship on. And I just wanted to say thank you because I'm saved. This is my wife. She was saved. These are all my kids. She was saved. Matter of fact, not only did we get saved, I became an evangelist and I went and changed Russia for the kingdom of God. All because of giving towards growth. If you're married, grab your wife's hand. If you're not, and the person next to you is cute, grab their hand. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. God, we're here today with a cause and a purpose. We're here on this day at our church that is so sacred. We're here to give towards growth. We're here to sow into 2020 in our new building that we know you're going to fill up over and over and over again. I thank you, God, for speaking to each one of us, each family. I thank you for stretching us. And like David, we say, I don't want to do something that doesn't cost me something. If you were willing to pour out heaven's best, I want to pour out my best. As we commit to give towards growth, 
I thank you for opening the windows of heaven, not just over our church, but over every partner, tither, every member of this house that seeds with us. I'm asking that they would be a part of the harvest that only you can bring. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to do this section by section. The section to my right is going to begin. The ushers are going to, the ushers are going to direct you here momentarily. Here momentarily, not yet. You're going to go right out those back doors, circle around, and come right by the front. Drop your gift in here. Remember, if you give online, still go ahead and fill out an envelope. Mark on there you gave online. Put it in here because we want to include you in that capsule. With everybody that's given towards growth in 2020. And I'll say this, if you're one of our kingdom builders, just take a lap with us. If you're not, if you're not doing more today, that's fine. Just take a lap with us. If God spoke to you to do more, do more. I know I am. I'm thankful for that. Like I said, my father and I talked about that from other entities. It's a beautiful thing to be able to do that. But go ahead and take a lap with us. Let us touch and agree. Almost like a little victory lap. Can you say amen to that? We'll begin here in, in just a moment. But after you give and after we agree, just go back to your seat. Grab a hold to the hand of the person that's with you, if you're married and whatnot, that you love. Let's just worship together for a moment in the beauty of what God's doing here. And then we'll all get back together and dismiss. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.